Hey mama, welcome to this week's episode of the Wholesome Mama Show. This week I have an amazing conversation I had with now my good friend Amanda all the way in the States and we are chatting all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum uh, and doing so from a holistic view which I know that you're going to get so much out of. Uh, Amanda was born and raised in California. She's now located in Texas. She's a mama of three and creator of the Mama Cabinet, uh, which includes hosting the Mama Cabinet podcast, where she chats all things making informed decisions in motherhood and beyond. So if you don't have that podcast in your ears yet, make sure you, after you listen to this episode, go and check that out. Amanda's um, been a birth advocate for seven years and continues to encourage mamas to make informed decisions in all things from pregnancy to birth to postpartum and then all throughout their motherhood and she does so from a Christian perspective. She loves Jesus, her family, her friends, all things vintage, classic and something with a little bit of character. So I absolutely adore Amanda and we've had so much fun getting to know each other and becoming friends and I know that you are going to get so much out of today's conversation, particularly if you are in that stage of your motherhood journey of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. Hey mama, are you finding motherhood more stressful and overwhelming than joyful and fun? Are you spending your days in survival mode just counting down to bedtime? I was there once too. When I became a new mum, I felt lost, confused, and I didn't know my calling beyond motherhood, or even if I had one. John 10.10 says that we are called to a full, abundant life, and I know that that includes us mothers. I'm Elise Rooney, and I'm on a mission to empower women through strategies and mentoring to simplify their life and home, make over their mindset, find purpose, walk in faith, to be able to be present with their family. Join me for conversations about being a woman of faith, conscious parenting and marriage, living in your purpose, how you can easily implement simple systems to simplify your home, mind and life, keys to living an intentional life and so much more. Grab that cup of tea and get ready to thrive. This is The Wholesome Mama Show. Mama, before we get into today's episode, I have just got to share with you that the free as a mama course is so, so close to launching. It launches Monday, the 1st of February, and I'm so excited to bring this course to you. If you have been feeling stressed and overwhelmed, particularly this time of year, and just finding yourself getting caught up in the chaos of the day, uh, then this is the course for you. I have created this course for the women who feel like their house is drowning in dishes and toys and laundry and you have no idea where the time has gone when, because you're spending the day frustrated at the kids and maybe you're feeling like you can't even connect with your husband. I am here to tell you that you do not have to feel like this. You are not stuck and you can enjoy motherhood again. So the Free as a Mama course is going to walk you through clearing your mind, cutting the distraction and calming the noise 
to finally live in your truth and ultimately feel fulfilled and find joy in life again. So if you are ready to find your purpose and be the present mama that I know you are longing to be, go to wholesomemama.com slash courses to see all the details, join the wait list and go from living in survival mode to truly thriving. So in this course, there's three modules. One, the first one is freeing your mind where we're going to talk about not being caught up in that hot mess. We're going to go into mum guilt and all that kind of stuff. Then the next module, know your value. I'm going to talk about what it is to be intentional. What are your priorities? What do you want from your life? And each one of these is super practical. And I give you worksheets and tangible steps that you can implement, but it's still super simple. Then we're going to clear our homes because it's one thing that we need to clear our mind first and then we're going to clear our homes. So we're going to do some simple decluttering. We're going to set up systems and rhythms and routines to get you enjoying your home because your home should be your haven. And then there's a little sneaky bonus on loving yourself where we're going to talk about how to thrive from the inside out. There's also going to be a private community for added support, live webinars, Q&As, and so much more. So it's launching on the 1st of February. And if you are one of the founding members, you get lifetime access to the course plus the private community. And But there's only going to be 20 founding member spots. So if you are overwhelmed and ready for an overhaul, come meet me in the free as a mama course. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm so excited to have you here and have this conversation with you. Oh, I'm I'm honored that you asked me to, to do this. I'm super excited and was totally looking forward to it. So thank you for letting me come on. <laughs> so your podcast, you briefly mentioned uh, Mama Cabinet, uh, and it's all about helping women to be more empowered and make more informed choices when it comes to their wellness. And your passion is really around pregnancy and birth and postpartum and then into motherhood. So can you just quickly share with us how that came about? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, mom and cabinet, it's kind of funny because when you win, I thought about this question. And when I think about it, I'm like, man, even my own, I maybe have to mention this in my own listeners because people, mama cabinet kind of started with doing um, like homeopathic medicine. It was really just sharing what I was, my knowledge about homeopathic medicine, which would also include, you know, essential oils. And it kind of started like, oh, in my mama cabinet as like a medicine cabinet. But the more I started sharing more information about other things, because I was specifically for homeopathic medicine for birth and pregnancy and things like that. And then I knew that childbirth education and being a birth advocate was my passion, but they kind of go hand in hand. And I just was like, well, your mama cabinet is not just having medicine in your cabinet. It's about having books and knowledge and wisdom and discernment. It's about all those things. So when it's like your mama cabinet is like not a physical thing you see, but it's more of a mental thing that you have. And maybe even physical, there's maybe some books on your shelf that you kind of refer to when 
you know, you're having a hard time with your children or your children are sick or that's really where mom and cabinet, the name came from. But my passion for birth and things like that came when my son, because I just came across a lot of people who, because I had a home birth emergency C-section and just being a part of that community kind of really in that support was just so fascinating to me. And it truly was this really tight knit community that I just fell in love with. And so I really pursued birth advocacy and everything in regards to birth and pregnancy because I just fell in love with it because I was a part of it. Cause I was pregnant. I mean, I was pregnant for what seemed like you know, four years you know, with my kids. So I was constantly being immersed in it. But the more I talked to a lot of moms and kind of shared with my experience and with my birth stories, a lot of people just were like, oh, I wish I can do that. Or I wish I knew, or, you know, no, I did this and this is what happened and I shouldn't have done that. And so I just, it made me realize that not a lot of women are, educated, not because they don't want to be educated, but because they just don't have the resources and they don't know who to talk to. And they really don't know what's available to them because they're so stuck in like the norm because they don't know how to go outside the box. Like they're just stuck with, this is how my mom did it. This is how my aunt did it. Or this is what my grandma told me, or, you know, this is how my sister did it or my sister-in-law, you know, it's, they're kind of following the path of tradition And so I just thought and just saw that there was a need for women who it didn't even really matter what their choice was, but the underlying thing was that they just didn't know what could happen or they didn't know that this could happen. And it was like, well, that's why we have to be educated because if you want to do this, we support you and we want you to be able to do that. But we have to let you know what are the causes and what are the effects of those decisions And that way you don't have birth trauma or you aren't caught off guard and you know what to fight for and you know what you're going to be comfortable with or not comfortable with. So it's kind of where it all came from. And um, it's like this passion that (laughs) it's like this little fire every time I talk about it, like I can feel it like revving up my engine and I can feel it kind of like, you know, this warmth in my bones. So I just, you know, I'm I love it so much. So that's where it all came from. And <laughs> I, I don't know how much it helps, but, you know, I just, it's almost like I'm sending the back call out there. Whoever responds, this is it, you know? <laughs> so Yes. And I love that. I'm going to go back to what you said about mama cabinet, not just being a physical medicine cabinet uh, that we go to when there's sickness. It's about almost having this resources and tools at our fingertips so that we are supported throughout the journey that it's not just um, when something arises or but even when something does arise we are able to have all these things and so I love that that you are creating this mama cabinet it's just such an awesome name too of (laughs) uh, resources that women can go to to learn about why it's important that they do have choices and and learn how to be more informed when it comes to um, their choices, particularly around pregnancy and birth and postpartum. Uh, I can only speak from my experience, but my 
So I'm at the time of this recording, 26 weeks pregnant with my third and each pregnancy has been completely different because I've been Mm -hmm. delving more into, hang on, what are my choices and getting more informed. My first was just a, well, this is what the hospital says. So this is what we do. And that's all there is to it. Uh, But this one has been, and my daughter was a little bit different and this one's been a lot more different. So I love that. Yeah. You were creating this community of women who are like-minded and are searching for more information and more answers. Yeah. And I think the thing that I really try to cultivate in it is, you know, not everybody's decision. And this is something that I warn my listeners a lot, especially when talking about birth preferences. I try not to give my favored opinion (laughs) because I'm like, listen, it's probably, it's not for everybody. You know, everybody's choice is different and not maybe people don't have these choices available. The point is, is that whatever choice you do make or whatever option is available to you, that you, we get the best out of, out of that experience. Because even if you can't have a, you know, a vaginal birth after, after cesarean, you immediately are deemed as, you know, once a cesarean, all always a cesarean, and that's what you will always get. Let's try to make the best out of it. You know, like, what are your options to make the best out of it? How do you create this environment? Or how do you help the healing process, you know, not be so dramatic? That way, if you can't get if you're a second time mom, and you can't get that redeeming moment, let's redeem it in a way of let's just make it to where you have the best experience, like make the best of it. Because, you know, it's just that I, to me, I feel like that that's a little bit more the rewarding part when I think about giving this information to people. Cause I'm like, you can do what you want. My opinion, this is, you know, I'm not going to even tell you what my opinion is. I'm just going to share with you what I know. And if you can't, then let's just, let's make the best of it, you know? And I think a lot of moms need that because I think a lot of people, they're so affected by birth trauma that they are afraid of their next experience. And then they do all that they can, or that they're trying to fight for something, which sometimes you can, and sometimes it's rightfully so that you should. But at the same time, it's like, we also need to cultivate this, try to make the best out of this experience as possible. Because that way the mom feels supported and there's no regrets there's no like oh I wish I would have did it this way or you know so that's something that I tried to cultivate and as you were saying like mama cabinet I'm just thinking I think every mom has either like a junk drawer or a cabinet that they go to where everything is and so I think like okay that's the same with mama cabinet like whatever it is you can just reach for it in your mind or that's your go-to you know when something happens (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So you've pretty well already touched on it, but how can women be more informed? So if there's a mum out there who's listening to this, who is sort of going, where do I start? Like maybe she has, uh, maybe she's a first time mum. A lot of first time mums are probably thinking, where do I even start with looking at options beyond here is the hospital, you go there, you give birth, the end. 
So I love that question because it's so broad, but one thing, and I think the, the one thing that I can just, that really comes to mind that I can really just say is being informed, like educate yourself because that can be through reading books or reading, you know, the internet or just even for the sake of knowing like what what your rights are, like know them. Because even if you're going to the hospital and having a hospital birth, know what your rights are because then you know what to fight for and you know like what's either one, a scare tactic or two, it's really something that you and you know, your partner really need to consider. And it's just all about, I tell people, educate, 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 because really knowledge is really power. Like when we know a lot of, when we know a certain thing about a certain something, it's really empowering to us because then, I mean, it's like that with children. Like, you know, like if you know how your child is or their personalities, like you kind of are able to cope a little bit better with you know, their seasons of their lives. And I just think the number one thing is educating yourself. And a lot of when I educated myself is really through a lot of reading, a lot of different books are, there's so many great things out there book-wise that are super informative. And I mean, the internet is really informative. I mean, you kind of have to dig a little bit because I feel like Google sometimes is super biased when it comes to search engines and things like that. So you just have to really dig. And, you know, a lot of these books really kind of tell you what your options are. That way from there, you can kind of be like, okay, well, I need to contact my midwife or I need to contact my hospital and find out what their policies are. So really reading and educating yourself through reading and books is really where, where it could start. And I mean, books are to me priceless. And I feel like even when you're a first time mom going on to being a second time mom or a third time mom, I mean, there are still books that I had when my first son was born that I still reach for and I still read and kind of reference to and recommend to, you know, different mamas who are out there because of the fact that reading is, has such a, there's so much information out there. We just need to go get it. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. And I think to going through my third pregnancy uh, there's a lot of people who kind of assume that I know what I'm doing and, oh, third time must be a breeze. This is like, this is each pregnancy is so different and comes with each, it's different things as does each baby. So when this baby's born, this is a first time baby. Yeah, it will be the third child that I have delivered, but it's still a first time baby. So you're constantly on this journey and I completely agree with books being a really good go-to to have in your um, toolbox mm-hmm. to equip yourself and empower yourself and know. Uh, so with my birth with my daughter, I read there's a book. I don't know if it's in the US, but it's quite big over here called Birth Skills. And it is so so good at giving you um more practical steps of pain management without um 
like natural pain management so like things like Mm -hmm. um movement and sounds and things like that and I had such a better birth and I was where was this book when my son was born (laughs) I think too what going on of you know reading books I think another important thing on being informed and this isn't because it's about knowing things I think part of being informed and in progressing in that is you have to have a really good support system. And because I know people have their opinions. I mean, we have, as moms, we just have so many opinions from our own moms, our own, you know, ancestors through tradition, through the norm, through the world, through, you know, bias, you know, articles and research. And there's so many different opinions out there. And it's like, If you find something that in your mom gut that you know that is the right thing for you or for your child, because the mom gut is never wrong. I mean, I've never been wrong on my mom gut, even when I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. That just doesn't feel right to me. And then found out that I'm so glad I didn't do it. And the mom gut truly never, never lies. And so for me, it's like, I need to have people who are like-minded and people who support me and not just because they're, you know, they may have the same opinions as me, meaning they probably aren't very strongly opinionated about one subject, but maybe I am, but the overall theme is that you support me and there's going to be support there to be able to accomplish a goal that I'm set out to do in that, you know, And that is going to be best for my family. So I think being informed really does require education, but it really, the thing that supports the education and that informed decision is support, support, supports, supports, you know? (laughs) And so it's having that community around you, having people who are going, whether it's through a midwife, a doula, um, you know, your own partner being educated so that they can support you in the birth decision that you're making or, you know, that you feel is going to benefit the children in the long run, you know, or for the family, you know? And so I think support is a huge part of being informed, like almost like on the the bar of being educated through books, I feel like. Completely, because it's one thing you can be as educated as you want to be, but if you don't have that good support then particularly in birth in the moment uh, you might not be able to advocate for yourself because you are too busy focusing on birthing a baby but to have that good support and particularly to have the uh, conversation with your birth part whoever is your support people in the birth mm-hmm. room um, so for me it's my husband uh, I had a list of like, if these, if they ask these questions, these are our answers. Um, like, and this is what I want. I, you know, suggest this. If I say that I want an epidural, tell me that I can't have one. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, for um, my daughter, I, my thing was I had to ask, I think it was three times for an epidural. And he had to say to me, no, you, you, can't, you can't have one. You can't have one. Anyway. It's all this letter to yourself that he's reading. He's like, Elise, this is Elise talking. <laughs> do not do it the second time. <laughs> yeah. And the poor thing's there in birth trying to in labor while I'm 
trying to just like focus in. He's there trying to read everything going, what? Yeah. What does this say? I don't care. I'm trying yeah. to you're all do you see I'm a little busy here (laughs) you know yeah and that's that's why I think support is so important too because in birth I mean I think pregnancy and in birth and in motherhood postpartum they all have their different like vulnerable points and I feel like when you're in those pits of like you're totally vulnerable you're at your lowest or you're in your hardest you know, transition period or hardest stage of labor, you really need a support system and somebody who's not like, you know, putting paranoia like in your head or pressuring you to do something, but, and they're doing it in your most vulnerable moment, which I feel is not even peer pressure. It's more like manipulation in a sense. And that's a huge thing because if you don't have the support to, in those moments to get you to where you, what your desires are and what your rights are and what your freedoms are. And if you don't have that, I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be an uphill battle. And so having people who are a part of that, who are supportive makes, I feel like makes such a huge difference in the birth experience. And, you know, like you said, your husband asking you three times, are you asking three times? <laughs> you know, it's like good for him because he knew what you wanted. And, you know, when you were feeling at your lowest and your most vulnerable and where you did feel like you wanted to cave on this, it would have been fine because if you did, then we support you and we love you and we care about you, but let's try to get you there. Let's, you're almost there. Let's, you know, I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to run this race with you. And I feel like that that's so important in those moments. Yeah, and it was so helpful to have that conversation beforehand. Uh, so he knew why, because I had an epidural with my first and it didn't go well. So I really didn't want one, but I was being induced. So I knew that that came with all kinds of challenges too. So it was really good to be on the same page before labour had even started. So we knew the plan. And so when I was asking, I knew what he was doing, but it still in my mind worked. So can we swap um, and go back to, let's talk about pregnancy. Uh, So what are some of the ways that, more the practical ways that women can really nurture themselves and their body? And I guess that in turn nurtures the baby uh, throughout pregnancy. So I'm a huge believer in food is such a healing thing. And although we might need, might not be very consistent and very faithful <laughs> in doing that, um, there's no judgment there at all because we're human, you know, <laughs> but sometimes you got to cave a little bit, but um, in nutrition is such a powerful thing. And I just definitely, it's not even for, because it will make you feel good because it will, but there's so much benefits to eating such an amazing, you know, such a good diet with good food because of the support that you'll have during breastfeeding. This is like the major vitamins that are super huge in the pivotal parts of your baby growing, like brain development, lung development, um, things like that. They're, you know, their eyeballs. I mean, they're every part of that growing baby is huge, you know, but at the same time, 
nutrition really does help with that. So eating a lot of things with, you know, vitamin A, eating good, healthy fats, because I'm not even kidding. Just anybody who's listening, who is pregnant, eating a very good, healthy fat diet, I mean, will turn your, you know, breast milk into like cream, which would be awesome because your baby will be satiated. You know, I mean, when they have that fat, they're a little bit more satiated instead of having a real watery kind of 2% milk. And so the fat in your diet will really help you with that. But not only that, it will help support your hormones. A lot of our hormones, majority of our hormones are actually made of fat. And if we are lacking in our fat, our hormones, we're not going to have healthy producing hormones. And so we need to be supporting our hormones during pregnancy and really, really, really in postpartum. So I'm a huge believer in nutrition. And obviously this kind of goes without saying, but, you know, taking a prenatal vitamin, but I think a lot of women, if it's available in your area, really think about getting a prenatal vitamin that is not necessarily top of the line, but doesn't have folate. It has methyl methylated folate because, um, folate, it's not only a few women can actually process that. And where methylated folate, you'll have a more higher chance of being able to process, process that through your diet. And so getting a really good prenatal vitamin is probably the second thing I would have to say in taking care of yourself during pregnancy. And, um, but my last thing probably too, would be listen to your body. If you're tired, take a nap, you know, like it's, I think a lot of, especially moms who have multiple kids, it's hard to do that. But if you're just exhausted, listen to your body, you know, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. You know, if you really don't feel like doing anything that day, don't do anything you know, just really listen to your body and take care of your mental health. Um, so, you know, do some self-care in that sense of, you know, taking care of your mental health. And I feel like that those are probably the main things and, um, reducing a lot of stress, which kind of goes along with our taking care of our mental state, um, because stress is a huge hormone in a pregnant woman's body that actually causes, um, labor dissocia, which is, a slow progression of labor. And if our stress hormone is super high, it's actually going to block a lot of that, the hormones that we need in order to progress in labor and for the baby, for oxytocin, oxytocin to work really well, our natural oxytocin to work um, in the way that it needs to go. So trying to reduce a lot of stress out of your life would be a good thing during pregnancy and then, you know, obviously in postpartum, trying to minimize your stress as much as possible. Thank you. So really that's for pregnancy, but really that's just for everyday life. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those steps of eating and fueling your body with good nutrition, good healthy fats, uh, when you're pregnant, a good prenatal vitamin. And then when you're not uh, taking a good um, supplement as well, uh, and listening to your body and taking care of your mental state as well is extremely important in pregnancy and also the postpartum period. But just 
for women in (laughs) I think that too. I'm like, well, you know, it's a good pregnancy is a good time to start taking care of yourself in that way, because you're going to need it like for the rest of your life as a mom, you know? (laughs) Yes, totally. Uh, So would you say that there's anything else postpartum wise uh, that you would add about what women can do to really support their body throughout that healing time? I think the one thing would just be obviously a lot of, you're going to need the rest. Um, but really it goes back to support. It's not even a physical thing. Um, even if you can get support physically, um, I mean, the postpartum depression rate is really, really high and it's something that's not really, it's almost looked as for a lot of women shameful and because you're like, yeah, I just had this baby and I should be happy and I should be feeling good, but I just don't. And so they're afraid to say something. They're afraid to reach out and to get support or they don't even know that they have early postpartum depression. They just think that it's baby blues or if they did have a traumatic birth experience, they're, you know, and they're grieving that, you know, they just in postpartum, it's so important that you have support and you are, you know, reaching out to people if you don't have that immediate uh, direct line to support, like, you know, your husband is in the military and, you know, on deployment or something, you don't have that extra help, but, or you don't live close to family. So you don't have that extra help, you know, really reaching out to people and, for that support, because I just feel like a lot of women get gaslighted after they have a baby, you know, moms get gaslighted, babies don't, but moms do. And I think support is such a huge thing in postpartum because I mean, days are going to be hard and you're mentally, they're going to be really hard, exhausting. They're going to be really hard. And it's important that we have people who can help us. And cause if you don't have support, I mean, then, I mean, I feel for you because I, you know, there was a point where I didn't have any support. I didn't have any because we live too far away from family or, you know, people have their own lives. And so just know that there are people out there who can help you. You just need to reach out, you know, and you need to say it you know, because people can't read people's minds, you know, (laughs) like, and so it's so important to have, to reach out and have that support. If you start feeling low or not yourself or just all the symptoms of postpartum, even if they're just postpartum depression, even there, if they're just slight, because the sooner you catch it and the sooner you get support, the lesser chance you're going to go down a dark road and it's going to be neglected. It's going to be not addressed and it's going to carry on for longer than the year that they deem as the possible way or the possible time period in which you can get postpartum depression because I just genuinely personally believe that you can get postpartum depression for longer than a year for longer you can still carry it into your second baby and then still have it you know because it's just not being addressed and it's you matter, the mom matters and your emotional state matters. And so we need to help you if you need help. It's so, so true, so important. And I actually, a couple of weeks ago, shared my story on the podcast around uh, 
postpartum depression, postnatal depression. And I had so many women message me saying, my kids are like three and four, but I really think that I haven't dealt with this issue. And I think that I'm still experiencing this, but I didn't know that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So I think that it is so important to reach out and say something and don't feel like you're a burden. Don't feel like, um, you know, no one is going to care because, um, yeah, they just maybe don't know to ask. They maybe don't know how to ask. People can't see behind the scenes. And I don't think that anyone is going to feel like you're a burden by you saying, hey, I'm not coping. I need help. Yeah. And I think part what I have found with a lot of people is, and this would include myself, it's, you know, I've shared, you know, a little bit about I've actually shared my birth experience on, on my podcast too. It's actually one of my episodes on, I think it's my first one or my second one. I can't remember, but um, I know that I've shared it, but um, I think people are scared like sometimes because they don't have that space to feel understood because they are being gaslighted. Some of these women who have postpartum depression are because they're, it's not even postpartum depression, it's PTSD. They have postpartum, you know, post-traumatic stress because of their birth trauma or because of their birth experience and because they're being gaslighted by people and because people are saying, well, thank God you're, you and your baby are fine. It's like, yeah, that's good. You know, I'm appreciative of that, but I didn't get the birth experience I want, or it was really traumatic for me. You know, my baby was in the NICU and, you know, just, I didn't get to take my baby home, you know? And so I think people are scared because they don't have a safe space to be able to deal with those things. Because like you said, sometimes it's, you know, their third and fourth baby and they're like, or they're three and four year olds. And they're like, whoa, I didn't even know. And I haven't dealt with it, but it's scary because if I were to say something to somebody, I would feel misunderstood or I would not be taken serious or I'd be taken so serious where this person would make me feel like I'm a crazy person, you know what I mean? Like, and so they don't have that safe space. So that finding that support to where you can feel safe, because I don't know what it is sometimes, but sometimes when we pour our hearts out to strangers more so than people who are close to us, it feels so much more healing instead of sharing it with somebody who's closer to us because you're like, oh man, like what if, you know, what if they use it against me or what if, you know, they're going to look at me different, you know, so it doesn't matter who it is, someone close, your own spouse or, you know, having to go seek counsel through, you know, a random, you know, therapist or your own midwife, you know, it just have that safe, find that person, find that person that you can share this with, because it, if it's just one, like it's going to be an amazing thing for you because you'll be able to start healing and you'll feel safe. Yes, totally, completely. So let's just, so we've covered pregnancy and postpartum. Was there anything else you wanted to add in around birth? Some of the tips that you give women to help prepare for birth and leading up to that uh, for when it is time to give birth to their baby? Yeah. So, I mean, we always hear the term, you know, we don't ever run a marathon without preparing ourselves and we need to make sure in this, when it comes to birth is, especially if you're doing natural birth, 
it really is not for the faint in heart. <laughs> it's, it's a long road. And sometimes, I mean, I envy women who are like, oh yeah, my labor's were like four hours. And I'm like, geez, you know, like that would be a dream, you know, <laughs> but sometimes, especially when you're a first time mom, I mean, ideally, of course, the hospital wants you to have a baby within 12 hours, but that's a flawed system and it's not accurate. That's not how the women, that's just not how things work. But first time mom usually goes for about 22 to 24 hours into labor. And that's through zero all the way to 10 centimeters. And so it's, it's a lot, it's a really like, it's a battle to fight, to get through it. And if you just preparing yourself, exercising, doing some stretches, um, like uh, making sure your pelvis is open, it's flexible, because if you can move around during birth, you can get in whatever position you want to feel comfortable or to push your baby out. You know, having been practicing that, it's going to get easier to get into that position. So whether it's squatting or, you know, um, whatever. So I think that would be my tip when it comes to the birth experience. And um, yeah, like I said, educating yourself, making sure you know what's your rights and what to fight for and when you need to kind of alter your birth plan a little bit better. Yeah, I have this funny relationship with birth plans. I My ultimate plan is to give birth. That's just the plan, but then you have... (laughs) But I think it's so important to to give yourself the grace to, yes, know your rights, know your options, be informed, um, but also let your body do what your body needs to do as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's one thing that people say, do you have a birth plan Uh, to get the baby out? (laughs) My plan is to have a baby. plan one, plan A, (laughs) to have a baby. You know, I like birth plans a lot. Um, I like birth plans in all situations and obviously in hospital. um, It's a little bit more detailed when I get a lot of clients who want to do hospital birth and we kind of go over a birth plan. Um, But I even recommend them for home births um, because there is a possibility you will get transferred. And if you don't have, and those birth plans are so much different than, you know, hospital birth, because you kind of have to cover a lot of areas with hospital birth, but with transfers, if you're going to be transferred, it's because it's either there was a failure, you know, to progress and you need a little bit of help, whether it be through Pitocin or, you know, if you're hospitalized cytotech, but, um, or any other augmentative thing that the midwife can't do on her own, but um, you're kind of going in, you know, having a lot of those other things in the hospital experience that you, they're not available to you. And so going in saying like, okay, it, you know, I want the epidural or like, you know, don't give me this unless it's this, or, you know, in the recovery, if my baby goes to the NICU, I want to be, don't do this and don't do that. Or in the recovery room, if me and my baby are fine, then I want to be released in this many hours. And so birth plans are always great. Um, but if your hospital just doesn't care for them, um, then, you know, my recommendation would be if they're requiring me to sign any paperwork, like they better know that I'm going to need to get their signature when I give them my birth plan, 
because if they're going to hold me reliable or not liable, then you best believe that they have to sign knowing that they got my birth plan. If they do something like outside of this birth plan, then I did not approve because even if it is an emergency, you, they still have to get your consent. Like they still have to. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, birth plans are great. And, you know, I encourage them for all moms, but some people just, they kind of go in with already a plan and they're kind of just like, Oh, it's whatever. And I'm like, okay, you can do what you want to do. You know, like, that's okay too. You know, <laughs> like just tell, you know, like tell me when to catch the ball, you know, type of thing. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, I like birth plans. I mean, I'm a big fan of them for sure. Yes. I definitely obviously have one, um, like the whole with my daughter, I haven't written one up yet because I'm hoping that I still have a while to go um but <laughs> with my daughter the thing like when it's a contraction do this or and knowing your options and also feeling like you can speak up and say to your midwife or your obstetrician um, that this is what I want so when we went into being induced for my daughter I had the most beautiful midwife who I felt comfortable and I wonder if I would have felt comfortable if I hadn't already gone on this journey a little bit Um, but to say you know this is what I want I want this I want that and um, and they are most of the time you will obviously get the rare midwife who is very much stuck in her ways but most midwives care about you and want to help you give birth Um, and so I do completely agree I didn't want to sound like I hated birth plans yeah (laughs) no I I didn't get that vibe at all at all so (laughs) because I definitely I definitely um I didn't for my first because I didn't even know what a birth plan was um but for my daughter I absolutely did have one and this one I'm starting to um look at what I was trying to find my daughters the other day to see if I just would use that because I'm using the same obstetrician, same same place. But, um, yeah, to know, it's so important to know that you can advocate for yourself and for your baby um, during that time, that you absolutely can. Yeah, and I think, too, one thing I try to tell, you know, some of my mamas is, like, you know, birth plans are great but they're also not set in stone. So if something happens, you know, talk about it, you know, like let them give you, unless it's a dire immediate, like emergency, if we don't go right now, like this, your baby, you or your baby will die, then take some time to talk about it. But just know that if you deviate from it, it does, don't look at it as a failure because they're really not set in stone. And, you know, they are your desires and your wishes and demands when it comes to your birth environment and experience and your recovery, but also it, you know, things could change and we need to be okay with that because we're not in control of everything. You know, a birth plan doesn't, you know, tell the baby how, you know, to act and what to do. And, it, <laughs> you know, it's not like, 
I mean, it's kind of funny when I think of birth plans, sometimes I feel like it's a metaphor for motherhood. Like we have all these ideas of like how we want our children to act or like rules and boundaries that we set for our kids, but it's, and we go in with it, like as a parent, like they'll never do this. And then you're like, oh, well, I guess it's fine. You know, <laughs> you know, they just, I mean, things just don't happen like that. So I always tell moms like, you know, we could do it and I, we support you by doing this and we will use this as a reference and we will make sure that, you know, we're staying on this track for, because that's what you desire and what you wish. But, you know, it could just be open to the fact that we are not in control of everything. We don't really know what is going to happen um, and anything really could happen. And so just trying to be a little bit more, uh, not even flexible, but just accepting, you know, um, and not viewing it as a failure or that you failed or you're letting yourself down or, you know, things like that. So. Yes, that is such a perfect way to put it, um, that it's not a failure if it doesn't completely go to plan because it is funny when you think about it like that, your baby doesn't know your birth plan. <laughs> they got their own rules you know (laughs) but and any woman who has been through labor will know that baby baby just does what baby does yeah (laughs) but I think it is it is just a foreshadow of motherhood yeah it's like preparing I mean you know I don't know it's like if even if you get your birth experience like don't let that you know don't let that think that that's how motherhood's going to be because I mean it won't, but <laughs> unless, you know, you give birth to a perfect baby, but <laughs> I still yet have to do that. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when I think of the birth plan, I'm like, it's kind of like motherhood a little bit, you know, <laughs> and you're first, like, you're really like, no, only, you know, only organic. And then the second, third, the second you're like, okay, maybe just this once. And then the third, you're like, Oh, it fell on the floor. Nah, I don't care. Like, <laughs> just eat it. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, they'll they'll never watch TV. I will never let my children watch. TV. <laughs> just watch TV so I can go to the toilet by myself. Yeah. Please, all, I just want quiet, no fighting. Like here, watch a Christmas movie. Like, it's not even Christmas. I don't care. You know, <laughs> if it makes you happy, fine. You know, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> So before we go, um, did you have one, just what was one thing that you would say to the mama right now who's feeling overwhelmed with looking at um, trying to make these decisions and is going okay? Um, Probably two things. One thing, take it one step at a time. Um, It's like when you're doing an overhaul in your house or you want to live a less toxic free environment um even with your nutrition you have a lot of health things that you need to deal with um just take it one step at a time attack one thing at a time um, because it really is a lot of information and there is so much out there and it can be so overwhelming and you know it just take it one step at a time but also through it all listen to your mom gut my mom gut like i said earlier has never been wrong just listen to your mom gut. If you feel it's right for you, or if you feel like that's what you need to do, or this is what you don't feel comfortable with, or do feel comfortable with, um, then go with that. 
even if you're in recovery and your baby is with you and you don't feel comfortable doing certain vaccinations or you don't feel comfortable doing certain newborn screenings or you don't feel comfortable, you know, with a baby being alone, just because your mom is telling you no or don't, or maybe not right now, just listen to it because you won't be wrong and you won't be regretful because, you know, sometimes we do things, even though we have this gut feeling that we don't want to do them or we do want to do them and then we don't do it. And then we end up feeling remorseful. We end up feeling like I should have did that. I should have did something different. You know what? We shouldn't have gone there. We shouldn't have gone in this way. You just think of all the reasons why you shouldn't have. And so um, you end up, you end up grieving over that more so than the actual, like, you know, you end up, I feel like sometimes I grieve a little bit more over that than what actually really happens sometimes. Cause it's like, why didn't I listen to myself? Like, you know, never wrong. My guy is never wrong, you know? And so listen to your mom gut. Cause that's your best thing. When you're a mom, you're doing everything on a wing and you will do everything on, you know, you're just, you're always going to be winging it. So just listen to your gut, you know, because that's going to be your guide, you know, that's going to, you know, put the wind beneath your wings in motherhood. So it's so true. And I think particularly as Christian women, it's important to um, know that that is also how God speaks to us and that we can use discernment when it comes to those things. Um, and that it's, yeah, often the Holy Spirit going, no, don't. Or yeah. hang on, there's something here. You need to do that. And to not downplay I think particularly as well, so many, so many mothers that I talk to downplay um, God speaking to them. Like these are the moments though that he does and that, you know, and that's why we feel um, that almost grief when we don't listen to our mum gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel like, oh, I should have listened because, maybe it was, you know, more than just us talking. Right. And that's another thing too, because when I think of sometimes we don't listen to our gut or sometimes we are wrong because our gut, we're not perfect. And sometimes our discernment is biased or it is, you know, um, flawed, but we just need to trust that God is sovereign. So no matter what situation we're in or no matter what ends up happening, or maybe you did listen to your mom gut and it didn't turn out the best, you know what I mean? And so it's like just trusting that God is sovereign. So no matter what happened, God is in control of that. And I feel like with mom gut, it's so important too in parenting because if you know that you need to change something in what you're doing for your child or with your child, and you just feel like, I just feel like we shouldn't be doing that. Um, or, you know, I feel like my son, or I feel like my daughter needs this more so than that. I mean, your mom gut is, you know, always going to be talking to you, but most importantly, like you said, it's a lot of times that mom guy is actually God, you know, the Holy spirit and that discernment that, cause I mean, it's, discernment is a gift of the Holy spirit. And, you know, it's been given to us because we have his word. So we're able to discern between what is right and what is wrong. And, you know, it's just, God has created our children and God has created us. God has created all things, 
everything has been ordained and orchestrated for obviously the glory of him so we know the goal is for it to bring glory to god but he's made our children to be the individuals that they are and so on a daily you know we're always being (laughs) guided on how to love that certain individual because just like pregnancy all of them are different and all of our kids are different you know and so they need to be nurtured and cared for in different ways that maybe our other children don't or can't or don't need to be nurtured or you know what I'm saying and so I think our mom gut is super huge in all seasons pregnancy birth postpartum like motherhood I mean I just think it's so important to just listen to it and to you know trust in the Lord with it too so yeah one of the most helpful things that anyone has ever told me when it came to parenting um, my children was that God has given you these children for a reason that you are their mum for a reason so trust him with that uh, because he he knows what he's doing so I think that that has been incredible and I'm this has been the most incredible conversation. Thank you so, so much for uh, blessing all the women who are listening to this. I know we've gone way over time, but I just <laughs> taking all the notes and I'm going to re-listen before I go give birth again. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's, there's certain people where I can just talk to like forever about this kind of stuff because you know, like you, you're very passionate about what you put out there in your podcast, you know, and I'm very passionate about this too. I love it. And, you know, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a young mom, but my children are, I mean, it's a hard season right now. I mean, like you said, your children are 15 months apart. My two children are 15 months apart, you know? And so it's, it's such a hard season and it's, but at the same time, it's like, I really, have a passion on sharing with moms how to make the best of it or how to get through these times because it's not easy (laughs) so you know and so I just can talk about it forever and I love sharing with people so I'm just super honored that you asked me to come on here and just to talk about all this and yeah again I feel like we can just go for hours and hours <laughs> I could easily keep talking for a lot longer <laughs> yeah. uh, but before we go can you just let all the listeners know where they can find you sure okay so you can obviously find me on podcast um it's mama cabinet semicolon making informed decisions in motherhood and beyond I have that podcast and then I also have an Instagram and it's mom at cabinet 101. You can contact me at info.amanda and my last name Mejia M-E-J-I-A 13 at gmail.com as well. Beautiful. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your evening to record this and um, share this conversation with us. It's been too much fun. Thank you. I had a blast. So thank you so much. And I hope we get to do this again. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation. And if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment 
leave a review, subscribe, and even share this episode on your socials. And please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama. And also, did you know that we have a community that is fully based around conversations happening in this podcast? Search on Facebook, The Wholesome Mama Community, and I will see you in there. Let's share the love and light and help more women to thrive.